Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalp would be thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. You know, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo or personality. Eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. All right, welcome back, Rage Nation. We are going to kick this off with another Malifaux episode. We're actually going to do another faction guide, and this time we have the creepy crawlies from the Neverborn to go over. So we've got Pete back again, <laughs> and then the creepy guy joining me is... If you haven't had the pleasure of talking or gaming with Dixon, you're in for a treat because this is a man of many opinions. Yay! <laughs> there was much rejoicing. Hey, man, somebody has to have like very, very hard opinions and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny, though, because Dixon, you've been playing Malifaux for a long time, right? Oh, my God, yes. And yes, it's I'm, actually my favorite minigame. Is it? Minis game, yeah. Yeah, because we met oh, yeah. actually playing through Guild Ball. We ran into each other in like tournaments and uh, Steam Con and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and, and I and remember we're not even far away. Yeah, I remember the first time that I played against Dixon at Steam Con. Dixon was like, you know, a lot of people don't <laughs> like me just because I, you know, say what's on my mind. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine because you know I have a co-host who does the same thing. I wonder which one you're talking about. I, I don't know. But apparently, Dixon, you've been known to ruffle some feathers. I Okay, so there's a couple of things. I, I get very in, like intense whenever I like something a lot. Uh-huh. And sometimes I don't know uh, like where to stop. Like, you know, some people can like gauge more or less. Like, oh, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be on this end of the, the shallow pool. Uh, when I'm trying like a cool combo and I'm very excited, I I don't think I just do, and sometimes it ends up very badly for the other person. Yeah, because I think sometimes you find some really strong combos, and you just when it works and decimates your opponent, you're just kind of there giggling, and your opponent's like soul is crushed. Yeah, no, I felt <laughs> really bad. Like there was a couple of times uh, I got two stories, and I, I I don't know if you were there for one of them, but you know who Dutch Adams is? No. Really good friend of mine. And I felt really, really bad. Uh, we were at a tournament, and he made like a critical mistake in Guild Ball, but it was one of the things that I like. We play every now and then, mm-hmm. and he was so upset. He like, like he didn't even talk to me for a while. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what it was. I remember it was like either top table or about to be the top table. And he was just, yeah, he just lost it. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where, I don't know, when you're in a tournament environment, I feel like you got to kind of like, you know, leave the feelings at home and just kind of play the game and, you know, you're going to win and you're going to lose. It's just one of those things. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's, it's, yeah. (laughs) I mean, so getting into Malifaux, though. And yeah, focusing, focusing on the Neverborn, one of the things I first start off with is kind of the background. So, I mean, is there any of the fluff or background stories from the Neverborn that kind of 
really got you interested in them or just kind of draw you to the faction a little bit? Colody. Oh, yeah. Colody was, yeah, the, when I started playing Malifaux, um, I was actually playing Outcast, and uh, my first master was Leviticus. And back then, the most special thing about Leviticus is they could have any non-gremlin undead or construct in the game. Just could have him in his crew. Yeah. And then they released Colody as a henchman. Like the, in V1, he, he was a henchman. And I loved the model. Like I, the whole puppeteering thing and stuff. And I read his story. And it was super fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, he he would make shows for children in this in the cities uh, around Malifaux and the little towns and stuff. And then as the shows ended, they people would notice that children would be missing. Huh? And he was unmaking the children and making marionettes. Wow. Yes. Why have I, I not heard of this? Like, why have oh. I not heard of this guy? Because in M three they killed him off. Oh man! So he's like dead man's hand now. Yeah! 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 yeah. Like. He was uh, he was really really fun as a as a henchman, but he kind of broke a whole bunch of strategies and schemes, which is why now you cannot score on turn one because <laughs> he used to do it. Yeah, he used to go across the table eighteen inches and score points and stuff, and you couldn't score back sometimes. Oh, dude, so, this guy even looks creepy in his art. I'm looking at the card for Dead Man's Hand. Yeah, he's awesome. I love him. I miss him. I wish that they actually take him out of Dead Man's Hand. Well, because I was actually kind of like looking at it about all these puppets and stuff. I'm like, okay, why are there so many puppet keywords? But I guess it's because he mm-hmm. used to be a master. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, actually, right now, Vasilisa is actually a very good enforcer. And she's one of the versatiles. She actually makes it so that all puppets who are uh, engaged, or actually they don't have to be engaged, they just have to be within two inches of somebody, they get staggered. Oh, wow. So, like, even his crew, even though that he's not there, his crew is actually really, really good. Man, that'd be good in that Pandora crew I'm running right now. <laughs> right? Oh, uh, my. Also, Breakthrough is, like, super easy with them, too. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I'd say my favorite story, kind of looking at... I think I think a lot of people that look at the the faction of Neverborn, I think you can't get excited about Neverborn without talking about Dreamer's background because mm-hmm. the fact that on the other side of the breach you have this boy who starts dreaming about playing with these fictional well he thinks they're fictional monsters just in his dreams and on the other side of the breach it's actually happening. So you have like Lord Chompy bits and all these other daydreams and stuff like tearing people apart. And, you know, dreamer just thinks it's a hilarious game that he's playing with Lord Chompy bits. It's just, it's so creepy and cool. It's just, it's awesome. It's all his friends. Yeah. He's just having fun. And when he was eight years old, it was just as disturbing. Yeah. I think it's (laughs) even more, more. I didn't say, I think it's even more disturbing when he was like a little kid. It was kind of funny because um, back in the day, you could literally just have him on the table, just the dreamer, just mm-hmm. him, and nobody else. And then he could just bring everybody in. Nice. Nowadays, though, they have a very cool mechanic. They basically remove cards from your deck. And yeah. they can still bury and unbury on the table. They just don't do everybody at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get into that as we go. So, I mean, this is definitely the faction where... If- and the background also for the whole faction is basically these are almost the natives of Malifaux, right? These are the kind of spirits and creatures that have been inhabiting Malifaux probably since its existence. 
They are. They are the natives of Malifaux. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting when you read and listen to the background of this faction because they're usually kind of in the background and they randomly will pop up during these different events and and try to, they really try to screw over the humans and just, or in some cases they use the humans to get their, get their goals taken care of. Especially Pandora. Oh, Pandora opening the box, man. <laughs> well, she's all about the emo- living emotions. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Yep. So we're going to do the same thing. Those of you that haven't listened to the other faction guides, we're going to do the same thing we did with the other ones where we're going to go ahead and go through the keywords. We'll go through the versatile models and we'll even look at the upgrades and see what's good, what this faction is strong at, and just what uh, Dixon and I like doing. Uh, Dixon, I know you're, are you just kind of getting into a lot of the Neverborn keywords? On M3E, I've already gone through most of them, either against or with them. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I'm very well versed. Like I'm not like super competitive yet, but I'm actually well enough versed. I'm very happy for some of the models that I'm gonna get into. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat where this is actually a faction I've started dabbling in. Which people that listen to the podcast know that I jump around factions like crazy, so it's probably not a surprise to a lot of people, but. Uh, I'm really enjoying the uh, the Neverborn right now. They they do the masters I've been playing have been doing a lot of work, and it's really exciting to play. But we'll honestly, go, go ahead. No, I was going to say honestly, it's if you're enjoying the game, uh, however, you, like if that's how you're enjoying the game, go for it. Because yeah. there's some people that really go full on in one faction, and they love that. That's how they enjoy the game. Yep. And if you have to go, you know, faction hopping to keep getting your, you know, your excitement going, go for it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's two major tracks that people do when they play a game like Malifaux or any other tabletop game. And some people like to really hone in and become a master of whatever crew they decide to run or multiple crews. And then you have people like me who I like, uh, like a wide variety and I like to... I think I learn better when I play the faction at least once because then when I play it in a tournament, I can understand it better. So that's kind of why I do it. It also makes you lose the fear of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like let's say, for example, you're getting destroyed by like Nekima and then you're afraid of Nekima, but then you play her and then you're like, oh, wait, these things are weak to this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's a really strong point because all of a sudden you're like, oh crap, if they do this, you know, Nikima goes down and then I'm screwed. So yeah, that's yeah. definitely a strong point. But let's, yep. let's go ahead and start with the versatile model. So what are a few that you find yourself bringing a lot in Neverborn that are just really strong models? So I mentioned it earlier, but I like puppets. So mm-hmm. uh, whenever I don't think that I can actually get to the other side of the table because I'm playing like a slow faction keyword like for example uh technically it's not slow but pandora because pandora has a lot of movement shenanigans yeah um but it's mostly for the opponent now yeah and i like to get wicked dolls for scheme runners okay if i need a tanky person basilisa hinamatsu they're really really tanky Uh, if i need somebody that's killy there's a hooded rider uh there's um Hinamatsu again, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think there was, there was a game I played the other day, Dixon, where I played with Hinamatsu, and mm-hmm. I, I think I got somewhere around, I don't know if I got the full six attacks, but I got pretty close. I think I attacked five and dropped the model. It, it was pretty good. Oh, yeah. 
she she's devastating. She can get six attacks very easily. It's yeah. something that people don't get used to. Yeah, and she's flexible too because she has armor piercing, so that helps against some of those tougher matchups. And I think something else people forget a lot about Hinamatsu is she also has like a pretty gross lure. It's okay. It's it's only five. She's not like it's a lure still. Yeah, I think it's yeah. well, it's actually six, but it it has that kind of cool trigger that I haven't tried yet. But you know, if you can get uh, rip and tear where you get to take a melee attack action on the same model. I mean that that it's kind of like almost Christmas landish, but it's still it's awesome when it happens. Uh, she's a henchman though; you can stone that in. Yeah, yeah. No, I I have a friend that he likes playing Hinamatsu, mm-hmm. and he uses her pretty much in every single uh, Ten Thunder Screw uh, with Yoko. Oh, like every every Ugh. every Yoko crew, every Yoko crew, he'll put Hinamatsu in. Doesn't matter what it is. I mean, she's just solid though. Yeah, no, she's just a really good uh, all-rounder. And Lore is incredible at certain missions. Like, if you are playing Corrupted Ley Lines... And pull them you off. can yeah, Exactly. It's yep. so good. Uh, let me ask uh, you, because uh, I haven't played the Hooded Rider yet, but I have the model. What do you like about the Hooded Rider? I mean, I get to see my opponent's hand. That's humongous. That is humongous. That is one oh thing God. I have noticed, for sure. Uh, just trying to figure out when your opponent has gas and when they have nothing because if you know they have nothing you can really go into it and punish your opponent yeah even if it's just like four three or four cards like oh I, there's only like three people around me or it's like you know four people around me like he activates first let me look at your hand like it's really really good and i know that right with me is incredibly useful for like threat extension and all that stuff but mm-hmm. sometimes just looking at your opponent's hand it's just like it's gas it's just some it's money it doesn't matter because if you see that he has too much, like, oh my god, he has four severes, then you have to play KG. Yep. <laughs> if he doesn't, if he has, like, one severe, a whole bunch of low cards, it's like, get him. This is it. This yeah, is yeah. the moment to go. This is my time. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any of those uh, mask triggers that you like over the other ones with uh, the Revel and Secrets? I don't. Obviously, Moonlit Charge is super good if you can get it. Um, yeah. I mean, Moonlit Charge, that's it, honestly. Yeah, because the other ones just kind of seem like meh. So, okay, so let's, let us let me be fair, I guess. Hazardous Terrain is incredibly powerful. So against certain crews, the Hazardous Terrain one could just be devastating, especially if you can move them around. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you pair that then, with Pandora and you push them around while Hazardous Terrain's up. There you go. Yeah, it's pretty good. So... Yeah, so depending on what you're playing, the other two are situational, but really good. Yeah. I just find that Moonlit Charge or seeing your hand by themselves, just those two, make him really, really valuable. Yeah, and another model I find myself taking versatile a lot with uh, Dixon is uh, Serena Bowman. She's she's really good in a lot of different crews. She's just a generalist. I was going to mention her as like the last pick. It was like she just basically makes any crew, really. Yeah, I mean, just because she, obviously she's really good in Nightmare because she can do uh, ranged attacks through that, or melee attacks through them at eight inches away, but um, obviously her attacks are just solid, but Bottle of Painkillers just helps keep your team up when you need them to stay up. Yep, Uh, absolutely, like, uh, yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
So <laughs> yeah, she's never a bad pick either. Um, any other versatile models you kind of want to give a quick shout at? I, 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 those are the main ones I've played with. I haven't played the emissary yet, so I'm not sure if that's worth its salt. So I don't, so I don't unfortunately know. I've only found the emissary to be like, he's good, but yeah, I haven't seen him shine with anybody other than Titania. Like okay. with Titania, he is amazing. Okay. Yeah. What does he do with Titania that you like a lot? So Titania can make rough ground mm -hmm. on the spot, and it also gives concealment. He heals whenever he is in rough ground, so he also has hard to kill. So surprisingly, sometimes he'll just like go back to two life, and then people have to kill him again on two hits. And he's defense six, and he's in concealment. But sometimes they can't even kill him. He can create hazardous terrain, and Titania likes to mush, move people around. Mm -hmm. So you can, for example, make a hungry land, which is a hazardous and rough ground. And Titania gets bonuses if somebody is in rough ground, in severe terrain. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, there's a lot of things that the Emissary make for Titania, and Titania does for the Emissary. Yeah. Uh, the Germinate, as well, because Titania can move them around. So if they're underneath somebody, uh, the emissary makes it so that they have flip minus on their defense flip whenever he's attacking them with their with his, with his range attack. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's incredible. Like there's a lot of synergy between them two. Other than that, he's just solid. He's okay. hard to kill. He can make it so that you cheat face down so that you can play around with that. He's just he's just all around good, and he's very tanky. Cool. All right, well, I think we're going to get into our cruise now, and hopefully that helps some people out with what are maybe some of the first versatile models they want to pick to help their cruise out. But the first keyword we're going to look at, and this is one I talked a little bit about with Jeremy on the Arcanist, is Marcus and the Chimera keyword. Yep. So uh, do you like running him in, uh, in Neverborn? Or I, I don't know how many people like him in Neverborn versus, uh, versus Arcanist. Um, honestly, no, but then again, there's better upgrades in Arcanist, and I think that's the main reason why. Yeah. Because, like, uh, the Sabertooth Tigers are incredible, mm -hmm. but then, I mean, the best I can give them is, you know, Inhuman Reflexes, which is really good, but it's not the same as giving them stones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah being able to just stone damage off. Or, you know, giving them the ability to have Arcane Shield. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Um, what's the other one? Uh, Arcane Reservoir. There yeah. you go. Just yeah. little things. Just little things, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I think you maybe you bring him in Neverborn instead of the uh, instead of the Arcanist is just because maybe you like the versatile models you can bring a little better. Uh, besides, yeah, besides that, true. he does the same thing he does in Arcanist. It's just, he hands out the upgrades to the beast and they do, they get like flying and they get extra armor and stuff with, depending on what upgrade, uh, he gives to them. So, I mean, he's a fun master to play. Uh, yeah. I just, I think if you want to play him effectively, maybe you play him in Arcanist though. Yeah. Although there's a couple of combos in the keyword that make him actually very dangerous and he's not bad to have around. Um, like, uh, you can give both Blade Dance and Scamper on a model. Yeah. Because one of the evolutions is the ability to actually be able to, you know, after you get attacked, you get to move three. 
And with Scamper, if they cheat it, that's an additional two inches. So you basically can go move five inches away from somebody. That's pretty good. It's yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Scamper, <laughs> so like, oh, Scamper is one once. of those things where it's like, oh man, you just you can really abuse that. It is. It's it's incredibly powerful. And another master that I'm going to mention later. Like some of the masters you put scamper on, it's, it gets really bad. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, I, we already talked about this. I'd say if people are interested in the Neverborn to go ahead and check out the Arcanist podcast that or that we did just because uh, we did a lot of breakdowns with Jeremy on that and I'm not going to rehash it, uh, but it definitely has some playability in, uh, in Neverborn. I just think people yeah. bring the other masters and kind of, I, I haven't seen a lot of Arcanist people bring um, bring him in instead of in Arcanist. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good reason. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just scamper instead of either having stones or an extra card. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Um, this is another one we talked about, and this might be a quick talk too. But this is the mm. other dual master with Lucius Matheson. Have you had any experience with him? Because I know you play Guild too a little bit, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lucius, uh, the, the amount of cascading obeys is kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the fact that you can do that and spend almost no cards or no cards at all, and all of a sudden draw two cards, or yeah. being able to shoot from anywhere on the table, have one of the best henchments in the game. <laughs> Like he he's really good. He's really good, and he wins mostly. Like he doesn't just have to kill you. He can just make it so that you just can't get to him. His squire is also incredibly good because yeah. you, if you don't kill him, then he makes you the scar card every single time you cheat. But if you attack him, then he goes away and then gives everybody within two inches focus. There's so <laughs> many little complications there. Yeah, it's really good. So let me ask you this because once again we talked about this last week when I did the guild um, faction review, but. Something yeah. we didn't talk about were the Arcanist that you can bring, or not the Arcanist, the uh, Neverborn that you can bring with Lucius, mm -hmm. and he can actually bring Changelings and Doppelganger. So what do you like about those two models specifically with Matheson? That's where you do the cascading, because yeah. he can go into the Doppelganger, the Doppelganger can go into the Changelings, and just little things like that. Um the same thing can be said about Agent 46. And again, that's just for card drawing, really. Yeah. you can just copy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because each time... And Lucius, it, it is one of those things where... How many games have you played with Lucius, if any? No, I've only, I played against him twice, and I played against him once. So do you find that sometimes it's hard to convert those cascading actions into, like, you know, victory points? Cards. Uh, no, not really, because it's more like the models do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can move people across the table pretty far. Uh, some of those models are actually really hard to get to because they got disguise, or yeah. they got stealth, or they got both, or they got concealment. <laughs> so, yeah, it just, so many little it layers. It seems like a faction where it's almost like it, it's so controlling and it's so... Because, I mean, just looking at the doppelganger, it has not only disguise where it can't be charged. Well, it can be. You just don't get the attack action. But it also has don't mind me. <laughs> so you can literally just walk it away from people. Yeah. And the don't mind me is actually very powerful. There's a lot of, of uh, 
places in the game where like you want to interact uh for example leave your mark uh symbols of authority mm-hmm. uh just you know many 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 times you're gonna be in the middle of a game. like for example um yesterday i gave this is an outcasting but i played a game where like i gave don't mind me to the midnight stalker yeah and then my opponent had to ignore him and i just grabbed symbols of authority every turn so you just could not you stop gave him. him a the what is that the pretty pink bonnet is that what that is that's the one <laughs> yeah so uh, the midnight stalker had so a pretty awesome. pink bonnet and people just completely ignored him <laughs> that sounds not not good that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah but the same thing can be done with a doppelganger and she doesn't need to do a combo for that like i didn't have to spend 17 points to do that you can just have a eight to nine point model just to do it yeah just walking around you know not getting yeah. charged and and that's one of the things I heard that a lot of people complain that Neverborn doesn't have a lot of scheme runners. And then I look at things like, you know, the doppelganger. I'm like, well, she's exactly a scheme runner. So I'm not quite sure what some people are talking about with that. And the we'll thing talk- is that they want so I'm listening. Good. Uh, I was going to say that people usually want to have something to have either write with me or fly with me uh or leap yeah and it's silurids in the faction and the people don't like that yeah i was looking at silurids and they're actually because aren't they only like six stones i mean they're not terrible scheme runners for stick six stones no i mean that's stealth yeah that's flipping stealth (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i don't know i mean maybe it's just some m3e and people just aren't wanting to use silurids i guess just I don't know. Got me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's mostly the fact that they're not in faction itself. Like they're, if I remember correctly, they're just, they're now just Bayou or Swamp Fiend. So you have to be playing Zoraida. Um, Zoraida to play them. And then when you get them, then people don't like them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I can, like, oh, I can understand that. Bayou. Yeah, you're a Bayou piece of crap. Me. Bayou filth. Oh, Exactly. <laughs> Other than that, like I said earlier, I really like the the Wicked Dolls. Wicked Dolls are actually, they have creep along, so they have a, a kind of, uh, whatchamacallit, leap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's like the best thing about them is just that they're so tiny that people usually ignore them because they're stealth, they're speed five, and they're just three points. And you do like your puppets, don't you? Dude, they're really good. Like, I, I really can't. <laughs> I really cannot like put more praise on them. Uh, they they get breakthrough so easily sometimes. That's that's interesting. Uh, I'm definitely gonna have to look at you. Like I don't know, I might find a random box somewhere or find a trade where people have them. But uh, I have heard a couple people say that they're rather good in a lot of scheme running. Which once again, people complain about Neverborn not having. But I mean, we're already talking about at least two or three models in different keywords that do have scheme running capabilities yeah no they're okay yes i mean i'm not gonna like walk walk uh about the wicked dolls for more but yes (laughs) so let's get into our first full neverborn crew and we're gonna start off with probably the one that people will say is one of the most powerful maybe in the game and that's the nightmare keyword with dreamer uh so so what is this crew doing dixon how do you usually see it play out on the table so Aside from having, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, a lot of uh, Burry shenanigans. Yeah. 
they have the uh, uh, lucid dream ability, which is, is awesome. You... Yes, yes, it is. So it's like look at the top three, pick one that's not a Joker, put it away, and it's out of the game. Out of the game, and it's completely out of the game. And like sometimes it sucks because you like flip three severe, and it's just like, oh, why me? Yeah, but there's <laughs> some you know you can counter that, right? Yeah, because you like you can what you call it separate the highest severe, and then you can use it later whenever you're using one of the abilities. Yeah, a stitch together can basically be like, oh, I'll use one of the cards, this 13, and now yep. I'll use that for this duel. Yes, sir. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, any, I mean, any single powerful. time that you can... Because you're thinking I mean, your deck. Time they can, you, well, but not only that, but you can actually use them as an extension of your hand. That's what I was going to mention. Yeah. Yeah. But well, are the stitch together the only ones that can take the card from there, I think? I think that's correct. Uh, yes, they are the only ones, if I remember correctly, but that doesn't mean that it's not a good thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, like, yeah, you sure. can have multiple stitch togethers, and it's still fine. Yeah. So, besides thinning the deck and then having cards on the side for the stitch together, what else do you... So, he's the summoner, but his summoning's different, which is actually, I think it's kind of cool the way that he summons his creatures out. I mean... I guess. You don't the like TN, it? I am not a fan. I'm sorry. Dude, I, I like think it, it more because of the card advantage. I don't care so much about that. Dude, I love the idea of him just, you summon it. So you pick one, you know, any number of nightmare models, you summon it, but they come in buried. And then they don't pop up until your opponent fails a willpower check, right? So as soon as that, yeah. su- as soon as they fail it, they summon base to base with that model. Yeah, but your models are also stunned, so they get no triggers. Yeah. So that's the reason why I was like, uh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I am I get it. I get it. It's just uh, like a lot of people see the summoning part, and they're like, oh, my God, you can summon two Alps, or you can summon this. I, the fact that you have no triggers is kind of huge, in my opinion. So let me ask you this, then. So when you think of a Dreamer crew kind of playing out on the table, do you think you should almost hire the pieces you want and then maybe just summon little pieces that are just kind of nice or how do you picture it playing out then no no exactly that exactly what you said like if you got the big beaters and then you start summoning like helpers to make people just annoy each other to death that's really good so just hire so just like maybe summon a couple daydreams and some alps just to run interference yep to score points you summon them to score points Nice. And to stop your opponent from scoring points. Whereas, like, you have, you know, your random stitch together running on the side and be like, oh, you got close to me. Now you die. And I think... Yeah. I'm listening. So I think another reason people like Dreamer a lot is because you get one of the coolest henchmen beaters in the game as your totem with Lord yes. Chompy Bits. Yeah. This dude's a beast. Yes. Oh, my God. He's so good. <laughs> I mean, he's so good. <laughs> I mean, I can't even. Uh, the dude heals himself. Uh, he has a ranged attack, which is sure. But you're going in and trying to tear off somebody's face with his heavy claws, and and it's just it's a lot of fun. The funniest thing is that whenever anybody fails a willpower duel, period, while well, within two inches of him, he heals one. Yeah, that is stupid. Like 
stupid good. Well, he's terrifying 12, so people are going to fail. Well, it's not only that. Like, you have a lot of your own attacks that actually target willpower. Yeah. So, if he's engaging somebody and you attack them with, say, I don't know, Bowman, and then Bowman hits them with, like, a twist reality that's focused, all of a sudden, oh, you fail your willpower check, uh, my chompy bits heals. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's like, it's just stupid things like that. Yeah. Like, you'd be surprised how many times it comes up. I mean, like, all right, he heals. He heals again. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this seems like you're cheating. <laughs> yes. And he used stones. Like, his defense, his biggest defense is stones. But you can also give him a, a, an upgrade. So you can give them an ancient pack so he avoids doom. So now red jokers are the only thing he can flip. Yeah. Yeah, black jokers don't mean anything. You just discard it and flip another. Exactly. Yep. And it just, it, it's stupid. Like, the amount of times that actually can save him is just, wow. Yeah, so is he your favorite beater, or do you like Carver or Teddy a little bit better? I don't I don't know where you stand on that. No, no, Chompy is. Chompy okay. is by far. Like, Carver is okay. I don't like the fact that he's minimum two, even though that he is suited. I actually, I, I actually, we'll, we'll actually talk about... Better. I, yeah, I think we'll talk about Carver and probably Teddy more when we get to Pandora's crew because uh, I think they fit better there. Uh, but what I do you like? Right. What do you like about Copulus or Capellius? Well, whatever his name is. <laughs> so Capellius, uh, his deadly claws are actually incredibly good, mm-hmm. like incredibly good. <laughs> okay, why do you think um, that? Because he's he's already suited with a basically a three five six. And he's a seven to hit against your defense. Yeah, seven's a pretty good stat. I mean, and he's he's nine stones, but he's an enforcer. So the yeah. fact that he's doing you know three five six built in is pretty impressive. Yep, and the fact that he's agile, and the fact that an unhinged can actually uh, how can I say this? He can heal. He can make the scar cards. He can kill people he he can push people around like you can you can get people out of combat that way so you mm-hmm. can like let's say you have a you say you have somebody that that has a chompy in a bad spot and you can't kill them because they have hard to kill or they have laugh off yeah then you go frightening reminder on chompy and you just need a three and you push him off and now Chompy doesn't even have to try to disengage. He just goes and does his thing. Goes do, does something else, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it, it's I don't know. Capelli is actually very helpful, and he seems flexible. He is, yeah, he's not uh, very easy to keep alive, so you have to be careful. But he's super fast. So yeah, because he he only has nine. He does have terrifying, but you know that is what it is. But. Um, He's not a henchman, so nine stones for an enforcer. I can definitely see where if you put him in a bad spot, you're going to waste him. Yeah. I mean, not, not only anything can, that could pass a, a, a six, because basically the average is five on willpower, mm-hmm. and you need a, a six. And after that, you just have to bypass his defense of five, and he'll take full damage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he usually dies to a couple of focus attacks. You got to be careful with that. Okay. So I think the only thing I'd recommend for, especially if new players are listening to this podcast, is that Dreamer, I think, needs a lot of reps because I think there's a lot of different things when you play a summoner that you got to react to. 
And if you don't react correctly, a lot of times summoners can get, you know, raffle stomp. So I just, I think you got to be careful when you pick Dreamer up and try to try to pilot him. Yeah, like 100%. Okay, well, let's go ahead and go into our next keyword. And this is actually, this one's an interesting one. I, I hear a lot of back and forth between what people think about this. And that's the savage keyword with Euripides. So I think a lot of people find this a difficult one to get to do the thing you want it to do. So what do you think about Euripides and the Savage crew? So the biggest thing that I saw with the Euripides in in a negative way, I'm going to start with the negative because I think there's more good than there is negatives. Okay. Uh, the fact that there are 50 millimeter bases is actually pretty bad because terrain becomes a big issue. Yeah. Depending on the table, you might not even be able to play because, you know, you can't go everywhere with 50 millimeter bases. You yeah, can't so, go even somebody's going to be put in a bad spot. Yeah. I mean, if you can't go into a ruin, sometimes you can't even do objectives. Yeah. Yeah, just little things like that. I think Euripides being er like everything 50 is bad. Okay. That being said, uh, oh, and one more uh, thing. Everything is basically weak defense and willpower five. Yeah. Not necessarily, but it's basically that. And their biggest defense is they have hard to kill and a lot of wounds. Yeah. And there's ways to get around that. Uh, yeah, if you end your activation nearby, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, an ice pillar, you get shielded, but it's not like, it's not enough. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it's enough. Yeah, I, uh, I totally understand that. So that being said, now the pros. The yeah. old ways is broken. <laughs> <laughs> the old ways is super good, and my son is actually playing Euripides. That's the first crew that he wanted to pick up. And I got to keep reminding yeah. him, I'm like, you can use that red joker again. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, dude, do you have no idea how nasty that is? Like, yeah. tell that to your son. Holy crap. If he ever gets a straight on damage and he cheated a red joker on the hit or he got a red joker on the hit and yeah. he got a straight on the damage. Like, it's that's just such a swing. I'm like, oh, I flipped the red joker for the hit. It's a straight flip. Um, I'm going to take one damage and you take maximum damage. Yeah, you, you take seven damage off Euripides. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, like, good. Unless you play it against a master, in which case I can, like, I'll stone to get a minus flip. And I'm like, you suck. <laughs> 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 Let me live my dreams. Yeah, right. It's so good, though. Like, uh, I don't know how many times, uh, for example, um, there's a card, Rune Edge Ice, right? Yep. And he has a trigger called Frozen Domain. If you just put in a six of tomes, because it's a simple duel, you're not flipping any other cards, and you can use it twice. So two of your actions could be to create a block of ice and then make it so that people... Uh, I'm sorry, not that one, not that one. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I know that I saw it here, because I, I, I remember... Oh, no, no, it is that one, it is that one. So because you can create two of them... Yeah. Uh, it's a two damage because I remember I remember in one of the games that happened to me. I was playing, I think I was playing Hamelin, and <laughs> I was playing against Rupees for the first time, and that's what made me want to go and play him because <laughs> he put a bunch of ice pillars next to your rats. Well, the rats can eat the ice pillars, so that's not the problem. What was the problem was that he literally cheated at like a six or seven of tomes, and then he created a ice, made everything take two damage, then did it again, then make everything take two damage, and then did it like he did it like four times. Oh wow! Off of like two tomes that he had in his hands. 
Yeah, that's crazy. So two cards. Yeah, two cards that he had in his hands. And he just repeated doing that. Like, he killed, like, half my crew on that. <laughs> the game ended up being, like, still, like, three to four. Because we both, like, still, like, I was still killing, like, a model or two a turn. And he was killing a whole crap load of, of rats. This is the awesome thing about Euripides that I've been loving ever since. And never again going to do that with Hamlin. Every single time anything dies within eight inches of Euripides... He creates an ice pillar and he heals. Oh That's yeah, because he has entombed ice. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. Think about how many. Think about how that works with rats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good, man. Exactly. So there were ice what pillars the everywhere. Yep, and he just kept healing up. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, Euripides is definitely fun. Uh, what are a couple of models in his keyword that you like bringing with him uh, when you're doing all the ice pillar shenanigans? Dune. Dune is a cool model. I like Dune. Every single time that you encase an ice, a high stone model like Howard Langston or Vasilisa or Hinamatsu, just take your pick. It's hilarious. So, for those that don't know the Encase and Ice, why, why is that hilarious? So, Thune has a trigger called Frozen Trophy. He can only do it once per turn, but the effect might as well be the rest of the game. Because somebody has to go to where that model was and break him out of the ice. Yep. He literally, you have to literally physically move a model to within one inch of the pillar and break it. Yep. Or that model is not anymore on the table for the rest of the game. Yeah, and, and it's, it's at home. Yeah, if you have like <laughs> a lot of people that are, if you have like basically Europe's whole crew, and you have to get through that to get to the person, that can be really problematic. Yeah, but it's worth it sometimes. Like whenever you get it once in like let's let me put it this way: you cannot send one person after Thun. No. If you send one person after Thune, that person's not coming back. Yeah, it's he, Thune is just solid because he has all the same stuff that most of the crew has. Uh, his damage is really good. Uh, his hook chain is actually surprising good too. His ranged attack where he can pull you in. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a seven. Yeah, Thune's good. <laughs> Thune is is more than worth the nine points. I'm actually kind of shocked that he's only nine points. That's how amazing he is. Yeah, he's also good against a lot of things like Rezzers because he can just freeze corpse markers so they can't use him. So that's always good. Because mm-hmm. I've been playing against that's a lot right. of Rezzers and corpse markers are annoying because <laughs> they're everywhere. Yep, and more ice pillars, more better. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just the, the way that they go. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's see who wore it better here, Dixon. Who do you think is better at the ice pillar game? Is it Euripides or is it Rasputina? Yeah, I'm, unfortunately, it's Euripides because, yeah, she can, like, use them as mirrors, but yeah. she needs to discard card to get triggers, whereas Euripides, just by just having ice pillars, he gets something out of it. Yeah, yeah, they get in his way, but at the same time, he's blocking people off of objectives. Yeah, I mean, but you do have his totem, which can hand out incorporal, so he can have one at least model that can, you know, float through the ice pillars. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's yep. actually a couple of models have triggers where they can burst through the ice, right? And you can also move ice pillars. Oh, yeah. He, like, bowls with them, doesn't he? Yep. So you can teleport to ice pillars. You can go to ice pillars by becoming uh, incorporeal. Yep. But it's better than incorporeal because it doesn't have the keyword. Yeah. 
So things that actually fight in corporeal can't actually do anything to him. Uh, and so on and so forth. There's, there's a lot of things that you can do with the ice players. And I know that at first it's going to see this like, oh, this is really bad because I can't move. It's like, well, first, you shouldn't have put yourself in that position. But secondly, you have tools in your faction yep. to use them as weapons, even though that you have them in your way. Yep. Yeah, and even the gigants, they can actually ignore line of sight and throw over ice pillars. So mm-hmm. they have a lot of cool little tricks that you can do to manipulate it, even though it, it would seem it's counterproductive. Yep. Yeah, they're, uh-huh. they're a really cool faction. I've enjoyed playing like against it with my son, for sure. Oh, yeah. No, like, cave, and also, you said the gigants. The gigants have a quick action. It's actually really good. The cave drawings one? Mm-hmm. Until the end of phase, enemy models cannot take interact and concentrate actions. That's insane. Yeah, because if you put it right next to the symbols of of authority, they can't grab it. Oh wow! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that seems, he's only six points. That seems kind of mean. It's super mean. <laughs> it's super mean. So but that's the thing. Euripides but- is the mean girl of the uh, of the Neverborn. I think the Neverborn are the mean girls, period. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to see that here. The more I soon. play them, oh, yeah, the more I play them, the more I, I I literally, I notice, like, man, I have to play it with, like, the malice of, like, somebody that really wants to hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and look at the next keyword, because I think this is a crew I have been enjoying because they are so aggro that I just love it, and that's Nakima and the Nephilim crew. This crew yes. gets around the board and they're going to rip you apart. That is their goal. So I got to play against Andre. Oh, did you? He's he's like pure Nikima. And I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> six models on the table have never scared me <laughs> as much as that. <laughs> okay, so what what did he do that you're just like, oh my god, it was like brutal. So if you know how much you actually need per per attack, um, he, he basically doesn't fight unless he knows he's going to kill what he needs, and then mm-hmm. he gets out of there. Okay, so he uses like hit and run tactics because for those people that don't know, the Nephilim are just pure like flying demons of the of the world of Malifaux. So they're all like these huge demonic flying beasts, and they just rip you apart and eat your flesh, and it's just it's brutal. It's super gross. Also, they have um, really, really um, efficient damage dealers. Mm-hmm. For example, they're both their young and their matures. They can do, I believe, it's moderate of four. Let me yep. double check because, like, they're really good. Like the the fact that you can do minimum three on the matures is huge. Yeah, three, four, six young... on the matures, and then two, four, five uh, on the young. I think. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And it's just so good. It's just so good. And, and it's not hard to actually make them into matures. No, it's not. Um, because the totem that you're bringing basically can spit out corpse markers. Yep. And you can either turn the young into matures or you can just use the, uh, what are those? The shaman, the blood shaman. Yeah. So you can use those and just by turn two, they can turn into a mature. So black Bar shaman has blasphemous ritual. Mm-hmm. And it's an ability that I wish that I see more wrestlers use because it's a very powerful ability. Yeah. 
Uh, so what it is is there's no suit, there's no flipping. You just target a corpse, and everybody within uh, three inches of that model of the black block shaman gets focus plus one. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. So by the time like all of the nephilim are coming in your face, they just are usually have at least focus two, probably sometimes focus three, and they're just coming in and just beating the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's not even all. Like, if you have a low uh, tome, he also can do black blood postural on somebody. Mm -hmm. So, so I what I have seen uh, done because I haven't played her yet. I played against plenty of them, but like none of them scared me until like I played against Zander, and all of a sudden I'm like, why is this attacks more effective? <laughs> yeah, why is this killing my models faster than before? Yeah, and I was playing Titania, so it wasn't like I, I was playing a tanky crew, and I was still getting violently destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it, it was um, uh, preparations. I wish that more people did that because he has a trigger on Black Blood Postule, so you can target like Nakima and give her like th like two uh, focus on her. Yeah, and you're also doing some black blood damage if she's engaged. If she's engaged, but you can do that on your own. That's what I'm saying. Like you can do it before she engages. Yeah, that. So you could do the bonus action to hand out a focus to everybody within three, but then with yep. an eight, you can just be like, "Oh, I got a mask here. Let's go ahead and give Nikima another focus." And hey, look, another focus because I flipped it. Oh, uh, whatever. A uh, tome, tome. Or sorry, yes. th Thank you. But yeah, yeah so. A lot of that going on, it's just, it, it's just very violent, which is why I, I, I'm digging it because any crew that's like aggressive and in your face, that's a crew I gravitate to just cause I, I'm, I'm just an aggressive person, I guess. I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, the, um, other, the other thing that's kind of big about the crew is once, so if you do the hit and run, that's fine. But if they get stuck in, it's kind of a pain in the butt to hit them because you're going to take damage by doing damage to them. Because they have yes. the black blood. So that that's something that I know they don't want to take a lot of damage because they're kind of a fragile keyword if you can get into them. But that can be a deterrent to some crews. So, yeah, to a point, because you don't want them to get hit. But if they do get hit, then, you know, you want to lower the damage as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why you like to have them in pairs, really. Yeah. Uh, hey, Redden is the main reason why, because they heal every single time somebody gets splashed with black blood. Mm -hmm. And if you blast onto them, they basically don't take any damage. Yep. Yeah, so that kind of stuff is, is actually important to keep in track, because they may take full damage, but they also have regeneration. They got black blood healing, and they got some other healing things in their own crew. Like yeah. the, the shaman himself... He can heal people just by ending his activation. Yeah, I think a big thing with this crew, too, is they have Fly With Me. So that gives them extra movement because it's a place. So, I mean, Fly With Me on one of those matures, that's a that's like more than... It might not be quite six, but it's it's about six inches of movement when you do Fly With Me with the matures. Yeah. Which also, is super if good. Also, if he kills somebody, he also has Grim Feast. Yeah. <laughs> so... Either or, either getting out of combat with Fly With Me, or <laughs> you can do Grim Feast if and you kill somebody. Up, yeah. Exactly. So it's super weird. Like the biggest defense that he has though is the, the the fact that he can't cheat against them. Yeah, when you're attacking him with a melee. Yeah. Yeah, that's super so sometimes good. you just leave him there. 
You're like, all right, I'm engaged with everybody. Can you all hurt me? Yeah, and I think another thing that people don't think about with the Nephilim keyword is they're actually really good at kind of doing schemes as they're killing. Yep. They're also fast. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they can really scoot, do something, and then go kill. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it, for sure. It's, it's a good crew. I definitely, if you like being aggressive and kind of picking your kills and, and then flying on to the next thing, that's definitely a keyword that I think a lot of people would like. Now, that being said, it's kind of funny that their tricks get are not as tricky. Like, they're the least tricky. They're the most direct crew that you can have for Neverborn. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, because they do have tricks. I think it's more like choosing where to engage and then disengage tricks. You know, it's it, that's what I feel like it is kind of with them. Yep. Okay, well, let's go on to the next keyword with one of the favorites that I've been playing with is the Woe, and that's Pandora and her crew. So uh, how, how do you describe this <laughs> this keyword, Dixon? It's It's got a lot going on. Um, I would describe it as uh, a very wise man named uh, Mitch Hedberg once said. It's uh, the dick punch body slam. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a fantastic way of describing it yeah oh man she's so basically if you go into pandora and you go into her hate circle you're gonna hate life she there's nothing good about engaging pandora and her crew it's just so frustrating i don't know why <laughs> why does she have the ability to choose who activates that's so good well within dude Why? I, I and you know you kind of know the people that i game with because you've met a lot of like you met chris and i don't you might have met clay and some of our other guys down here in charleston as we traveled through the different <laughs> tournaments but i was playing one of our guys and i i brought pandora and i he was like oh i'm gonna activate you know this model over there and i was like how about you activate that you know totem on the other side of the board and he's like what and i discarded a card and read him what mood swing does and he's like that is so fucking stupid <laughs> and the thing is the thing is that's within her line of sight yeah now within the six inches that she actually triggers the ability from yep it's line of sight so if you act if you have to activate a model within her bubble because you're like well i have to do this now so that I can grab that thing. Maybe he'll forget that she has that ability. You're know, like, nope, nope. <laughs> Discard a card. Yeah, because I think oh. I think he was trying to save his emissary for. I think it was the Ten Thunders emissary, the Dragon Ball Z dragon, and he's like, "I'm going to activate that." I'm like, "No, you're not. No, you're Go not. activate that." <laughs> you know, you know that hope, that glint of hope that you had, and you see it, you see it drain from their eyes. It's just, it's not good. <laughs> Um, so mood swings is really good, uh, but she is the condition master for Neverborn. She puts out just tons of conditions, and she manipulates them. She does stuff with them. So she, it's even worse than that. Like, yes, she she can put conditions on people and all that stuff, mm -hmm. but like not like worse as in bad. Worse as in like it's nasty. Yeah, so like worse, it's bad for her, your opponent. So the entire crew has an ability called opportunities, opportunistic or opportunist, right? Yep. Before performing any opposed duel, I want I want to read it because it's very specific. Before performing any opposed duel, this model may end any condition on the opposed model to receive plus on that duel. 
that's what Pandora says. But everybody else has a different condition. For They'll specific say, ones, yeah. Yeah, so like, for example, the poltergeist says stun. So they may end the stun condition to receive a plus, right? Yeah, and Carver's so is focused. So what I went, what I want to say is Pandora can remove fast from a model that's attacking her. Yep. She can literally go, you're no longer fast, so that you only have like two actions left. Yeah. Or she can remove focus, or she can remove fire. So like, l let's say you're playing against Karis, and she has fire because she's going to, you know, get plus flips under her attacks. Get you just wrecked, go. nerd. Or he, the fire golem. I'm yeah. going to you know, reduce remove. damage. You can't reduce damage now. Like, it's insane how much you can do with this ability, and it doesn't have to be, like, something that you put on them. Oh, yeah, think about the focus condition, right? You can be like, okay, before this duel, I'm going to strip off that focus. Yep. Super this good. Is so many. It's so good. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, the, the, the least used thing that you should be thinking about is that she can remove any condition from friendly models as well. That's true. <laughs> Just little things like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, Pandora, it, Pandora makes me... It's definitely good. Uh, <laughs> and she has a lot of tricks, like self-loathing is really good. So uh, Candy and her have that. And you can target other models. So like, I, I, my favorite thing to do was <laughs> I was playing against Seamus. And I was like, hey, Seamus, that's a cool gun you got over there. <laughs> Let me use the stats on that. And it was it was just funny. It was just good. So, so sad to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I like doing min four or whatever his stupid gun does. Oh, my God. It, don't get me wrong. It's just, she's so good. Yeah. And she's, like, you have to think in the most meanest way every single time you do anything with her. That's the main reason why I was like, I feel bad, but this is, like, the best thing I can do. Yeah, she... It's kind of, she's one of those masters that she actually likes to activate, I think, early. And then because she likes people wasting cards because she has shockwaves that she can put down. Uh, her open the box, you know, is a TN test for everybody within six. And then she has her self-loathing, which nobody wants you attacking with their own gun and or their own melee attack and doing the damage that you want to do onto themselves. So I think a lot of people, the way you should play Pandora is get them to kind of dump their hand trying to stop Pandora from doing her crazy shenanigans. And then the rest of the turn, the rest of her crew just tears you apart because you have nothing to cheat with. Yeah, I mean, getting to her is a problem, though. Yeah. So, uh, another thing that I like to point out with self-loading is she doesn't get the triggers, so you have to be keen on that. But she has a very nasty trigger on delay. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. that you know, Crush slow. Ego is very useful. Yeah, exactly, because I know Crush Ego, you know, you can resolve any trigger that's on the action, but slow. Yes, like, slow is the biggest thing for sure. If you get hit by Seamus's gun and he slows you <laughs> and then she hits you again with Seamus's gun and then she flipping well she, she fucking she does hits you have with, the same oh. restrictions so she could only use it once per turn. Because um, if you look at self-loathing it does say that uh it gains the fix in any special restrictions of the chosen action. Hmm. Okay, so I guess you hit him with the gun and then use the stun action. And because he got stunned, then you hit him again for one more damage. And then you hit him again with his bag of tools. Yeah. 
I missed that the first time. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry if I I cheated somebody. (laughs) I haven't played against Seamus yet, but that that is a thing. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, she's really good, but what are some models in her crew that really help her make life miserable for people? Candy. Candy is deceivingly (laughs) going to make your life hell. She looks like this cute little girl, and she has this basket of goodies, but she is going to, yeah, she's, I played her the other day, and I activated her, and this was against Seamus, and Seamus was kind of off, and my friend thought he was good, because Candy was the only model next to him, because he hadn't seen Candy played before, and Candy just straight up murdered Seamus, because she ended up putting, like, um, what did she put? I think she put stunned on him or something and did a damage and then pulled it off to get a positive or something like that. Did his attack again. And it just, it was brutal. It was just brutal. And he's just like, I didn't know that little girl could do so much crap. And I'm like, yeah, she's good. It's, it's amazing. She, I, I love her. Just, I, I love her. I don't even know how to describe her other than that. The fact that she can hand out fast to her friendlies the fact that she can do damage and give you fast and then remove fast or she can teleport to you, which is actually surprisingly yeah, effective. on your heels. Yeah. Yeah. Because She's so good. she does so much crap when she hasn't activated because corrupted innocence, if you activate within four of her, which I do on your heels to go right next to people, not only do you have to discard a card, but you gain stunned. Yep. And because you gain stun, she triggers her mystery and because you trigger her mystery, you can actually put her into combat with that person. Yeah. Like, it's so gross. Yep. And yeah. now that you're stunned, you can't de- declare triggers. So when you attack her, she's going to reduce it by two. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, like she, I think she's balanced for the fact that she's only as strong as whoever she's fighting. Yeah, that's true. Like, if you have, if you are playing a crew that doesn't have a lot of strong attacks, self-loathing really doesn't do much right nope and they're just pinging you this crew will only ping you for like one or two damage for activation yeah one of the things that this is a combo that i've found that i'm gonna i started playing that i like and it's with carver and pandora pandora has this cool little ability that is called um despair's influence so she can discard a card and it pushes a woe model three inches but the more interesting part is the card that you discard you can use the suit on that model's duels for the whole turn so i've been discarding rams and then with carver i've been activating and doing you know what min four damage with his critical strike six yep yeah so that's something i've been doing with carver where i'm like oh this is so good (laughs) i highly recommend you do that with execute instead Yes, I've done it with Execute as well. When when the game is kind of stretched out and stones are getting low and cards are getting thrown, yeah, yeah. throwing a crow on him and just executing a couple times can just kill models. Uh, so something nasty that can happen if there's like two or three models that are very close together, mm-hmm. you can have have Candy go on your heels on a model yeah. within those th- you know that's close to by within four inches of her basically. So on your heel, she finishes attacking somebody in there, and then for the rest of the turn, she's pretty safe against those guys over there. Yeah. And then they have to discard card each. Mm-hmm. And then there's normal cheating and stuff like that. After that, if you activate Carver, those two attacks that he has, that execute is going to matter every 
every flipping time. <laughs> yeah, it's like you have to discard stones, and oh, you're out of stones. The model's dead. And the model's dead. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. I think. Ugh. I think the thing that if you are a person who <laughs> likes to make your friends unhappy, this is a good crew for you. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, I don't do that with Carver. Kate. Oh, oh baby, Kate. K- baby Kate's great. Yeah, he can do it too. He does. He does more damage, in my opinion, than Carver. Yeah, I like Carver when there's obviously uh, some some terrifying on the board, and mm. I also like him for um, like if I want some blast there, his breath of fire is pretty decent. But yeah, Baby Kate is going to save you points, and Baby Kate actually, if you bring Baby Kate, are you automatically going to bring Teddy too? I mean, I do, but that's because I like Teddy. Yeah, you I mean, don't. Have Teddy's to. icon. Teddy's iconic. Yeah, I like it. I also like the fact that both where's Teddy, you know, and I got my Teddy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You I like you actually... like just saying you just like saying that you're like okay, I'm gonna do where's Teddy, and then where's Teddy? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a heel. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's good. I, I've had Baby Cade survive because of where's Teddy. A lot. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And lure is incredibly powerful. Like, I don't know how many times that lure of seven, you just like toss a 10 of ramps or a nine of ramps and people won't even like defend themselves. They're like, all right, just get it over with. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. This is, this is probably the crew I've been enjoying the most. I've played them probably the last five games I've played with uh, Neverborn. And they're just a solid crew, man. They're a little slow. But like you said, they have ways to bring the enemy to you or um, I've even one game I tried bringing the rider and then doing like ride with me to get my stuff up a little further. So that's mm. something I've tried as well. Yeah, they're not very good in, in symbols, but they're very, very good at like, um, whatchamacallit, public enemies and um, recover, evidence. recover evidence pretty good too. Uh, it's kind of hard because none of them have like, don't mind me. And they like having people on top of each other, yeah, so you can't really that, like interact. That's fair. Yeah, but you can like keep away and then lure one person or stop people from dying and then attack one person. I think so this the is also are a lot easier. Yeah, I think this is also a key word where you almost want most of your models to be woe because they're so synergistic with each other. Hmm. I yeah. I, I feel like when I bring a versatile model, it really it really can hinder kind of like the auras and the pinging and everything else that they want to do. I, I guess, I mean, I haven't seen that yet, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I like my Vasilisa. I like my, <laughs> but then again, we play different styles. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, I like puppets. So I like, I made my puppets work and puppets are really good at doing schemes. So you're so just, like, you're just like, damn it. I'm going to throw a puppet in every list. And they're cheap. They're like three points. Yeah. And I don't have to like have anything. I I usually just get Kate, Teddy, Candy, Pandora. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she comes with a totem. And then those models are really resilient when they're going. Like, if they get their abilities going, they're kind of hard to stop. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, when it's all cooking off, this is a very tanky crew that is going to be miserable for you to deal with. Yeah. Very. And then... Since that's happening, like, you know, there's Facilisa, there's uh, Serena, you can even bring the uh, the Huda Rider if necessary. Like, it's, I mean, you have points. Yeah. There's not that many points. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, let's go ahead and go into, I think we got a couple of keywords left, but this is one I'm going to kind of lean on you a bit because I haven't played her yet and she looks interesting, but this is uh, Titiana and uh, her fake crew. So you said you've oh been, my God. Yeah, you said you've been playing this crew a ton, so. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> He's so excited. I love her so much. <laughs> okay, so what what is this uh, what is this lady of the the wing knight doing? That's that's really good. So the first thing I really really like about her is that she's super tanky and she's a super solo. Okay, what what makes her tanky? So a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, she she has cruel disappointment, so nobody can have any severes within three inches of her. Like okay. no no friendly models can suffer a severe. That's so, really good. Oh my god, you have no idea. Like, the amount of times that a red joker has been flipped, and I'm like, all right, moderate for what? And they're like, what? Wait, what do you mean a moderate? What do you mean a moderate? So is that <laughs> is that just moderate or is it moderate plus one? Just moderate. Oh wow. Yeah. Not oh good. my god, yes. No, it's not. It's <laughs> so many people. And she has hard to wound, so it comes up a lot. Okay. Yeah, it's super good. And then, like, Life Leech is surprisingly effective. Like, you sometimes don't even activate her until, like, second to last activation in the middle of a round where everybody's around her. And she's just slowly healing as people keep activating around her. Yeah, and usually they don't even try to attack her anymore. Because, like, either she's surrounded by rough ground, or she's just stacked tanky, or she has scamper. It's just like, I don't know. I'm not even going to bother. Okay, so besides being hard to kind of deal with and kill i mean is she doing damage is she kind of scheming is she doing a little bit of this and that so if you most of the time at least me uh i can go for elite models that don't use soul stones or mm -hmm. I, or i try to drain the soul stones off of a model because if she ever focuses or somebody focus her um then she does minimum of five damage sometimes Okay, how how does that work? So not because of minimum damage, like it's not the because of the weak, but okay. because you can throw in a moderate, and uh, so the way it works usually for activation, let's say, um, you know, my crew has germinated, like at least one model here and there has put a couple. I put the 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 underbrush markers. Oh, by the way, the, to anybody that's listening. Her key ability is her and her crew, for every model in the crew, you get a 50mm base piece of terrain that's an underbrush marker that is both concealment and severe. <laughs> that's pretty good. So if you have like four or five models or seven models that have that ability, you literally put them all over the table. Yep, and your opponent's got to deal with them. You could put them in their opponent's deployment zone. That's uh, my favorite thing to do. Oh, wow, they're not restricted to that, huh? Nope. You can literally put them anywhere that's not on top of a model and um, within two inches of another marker. That seems pretty good. Uh, it's really, really good whenever they don't have flight. So yeah. when I played against Nakima, she didn't care. Yeah, she's like, you <laughs> <laughs> <Get both> nerd. <laughs> but back to the damage. The reason yeah. why she does so much damage is she has a trigger called Into Thorns. And this is the combination that I was talking about with the Emissary. So the Emissary's uh, marker that he leaves is severe and hazardous. Right? Okay. So uh, Titania, you can do that if you do stone for a crow. And she's a six to hit. 
So she gets a plus flip if you're in rough ground, which you will because she can move the the severe underneath you. You take one damage, and then she gets plus flips on top of that. Yeah, she can move it up to three inches. It looks like. Yep, and then you take one point of damage, and there's no no resistance to that. So you take one from that. You can take one from the crow trigger for the attack. Yep. And then you take one for moving the model into rough ground. Mm. And then you take two damage. That's pretty good. That's five. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. five damage. <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't take a lot of effort. No. It's a two to move the rough ground underneath a person. Oh, wow. That's it, definitely yeah. going to happen most times. <laughs> Yeah, and in the hungering uh, land, you have to hit somebody. That that for sure you have to do. So you have to hit somebody that's in rough ground. But again, if you're in rough ground because of the germinates, then that's actually not that hard to do. And then you just get the tome trigger randomly, and he's a six, and it's against your movement, and you're a flip minus. Your your opponent's a flip minus. It's fairly easy to do. So does she play kind of similar to Karis then, where like? her and other models are manipulating these markers just to kind of make your life miserable? Unfortunately not. Okay. She's the only one that moves them. Uh, okay. So and she can only move two different ones. So what is the crew doing while she's making your life miserable with these thorn markers? So most of the crew can actually germinate, which is they can create them, mm-hmm. but they can't put them again. They can't put them underneath people and they can't put them within two inches of another one of them. Okay. So the crew is actually, in my experience, they're not very good at doing things that are combat efficient. Um, You can do certain tricks that are very good, like a knight. You can use it just to, like, challenge big pieces and force the big pieces to kill the knight. And the knight is actually tanky enough that he may survive one or two rounds of combat. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah, the autumn knights are just kind of cool models, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, I wish uh, they're seven points. I wish they actually did a little bit more, but that's a good trick that they have. Okay. Uh, my favorite actually are the wall guys because they're really good scheme runners. Okay. Yeah, they can. You can literally either germinate or you can just put one within four inches of them at the beginning of the game, and they can walk into the piece of terrain, then ambush for three without discarding a card. And then they can walk again four inches into another piece of terrain. <laughs> if they end their move into a severe terrain, they just moved um, 11 inches. Then they can heal. They get concealment usually. And uh, they get to ignore it. And they get to move three inches again at the beginning of the activation. Yeah, that's way better. Because so I, was, I was looking at them in Swamp Fiend, and they seem way better in Vey. Yeah, they're, they're really, really good. I think that they're good in in uh, in Swamp Fiend as well, but maybe not for Bayou. Yeah. The reason is because they're Swamp Fiend, and they germinate, and they have one of those stupid things at the beginning of the game. So you have an underbrush marker per the, the wall guys mm-hmm. on a crew with Sarita. And then Sarita can see through their eyes, and they can be everywhere. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so right, I can actually hex people through the eyes of a swamp thing. That's kind of cool. So it is. It's, so she's, she's really cool. What do you see the like? What are you bringing the fake keyword to kind of do then? Like, what what are they? Are like you said, Ty, Titiana, Tatiana, whatever her name is, Titania. Yeah, Titania. So, what is 
like what do you like bringing her into like what do you when you see something you're like okay this is a fae kind of matchup or pool uh so corrupted ley lines uh she's the only one that could potentially do the symbols so i don't i wouldn't say symbols is good for her so uh the same thing with evidence not very good for that so corrupted ley lines bounty and that's it okay yeah but i love her so i try to make her work with the other two as well (laughs) it's funny how you do that right yeah. You're like, I'm just going to shoehorn this one in there. It's so hard, though. Because, yeah, you have to pretty much bring a doppelganger. <laughs> <laughs> to, to make it work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Anything else you want to want to share about her before we move on to the next one? Any other little tech or pieces that you kind of found that you like? Any, just that. Anybody that, the, the, the whole thing with the emissary. Anybody that wants to play Titania, please bring an emissary and just, you know work with both of them working together. Okay. So you kind of have those two kind of running their thing and then everybody else is just trying to accomplish whatever mission you, you give them pretty much. A hundred percent. It's like it, you make, make little modules of models. That's what I do right now is I make little modules of like two or three models that can do a scheme. So like uh, puppets to do breakthrough or do sabotage. Mm-hmm. Uh, doppelganger or serena bowman or somebody that's like equally tanky like the emissary to do like leave your mark or um you know the the one to hold the center i forget the name right now uh you're talking about claim jump claim jump thank you and just little things like that like have little modules that do the scheme and focus on doing those schemes after turn one yeah yeah that's it well the last keyword that we have is the swamp fiend with the hated zoraida so uh, this is this may be one of the more complex keywords to become familiar with because when you play Zoraida, you almost have to not only know what your crew does, but you have to figure out the best way to abuse your opponent's crew. So, uh, I mean, have you how have you seen Zoraida and her Swamp Fiends been successful before when you've seen them on the table? Um, so it's kind of weird because I haven't played Zoraida since she got nerfed. Yeah. And she used to be insane whenever you had two masters as well. Yeah. But before, like, it shouldn't be that much of a difference. Basically, pick a big guy, put a voodoo doll on it, make their life miserable, score points. <laughs> yeah. Easy spy. Yeah, she, it's basically using her obeys to just kind of whatever strat and whatever schemes you decide to run you use the obeys and your crew to accomplish that mission. And it, it really is just reacting to what your opponent does. I feel like a lot of times with her actions. Yeah. I mean, it even goes farther than that. Cause again, you can target anybody that's within 12 inches of her. That's a swamp fiend. So you can obey friendlies and mm-hmm. within source soul, you can literally have a full activation from another model. Basically you yeah. can, technically you can do two models. So basically, two models get to have two full activations, and it doesn't actually count as them activating. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, you can activate Sorida and Sorcel through the eyes of, like, let's say, a wall guys into McTavish and tell McTavish to take a shot. Right? Mm-hmm. So now McTavish can shoot twice or charge twice or charge and then bite somebody. Yep. Like, it's just 
it's super good. And the fact that she can do it on her friendlies, needing a low mask or a, low, or a seven. She just needs a seven and a stone. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Because um, the, that's the value that people should be thinking about whenever they play with Sarita, is that she basically has reactivate without having reactivate. So I think that's interesting you mentioned that, because I think a lot of times people get too caught up with, oh, I can take your model and do something, where you're kind of just saying, like, hey, think the opposite. You can take a model like McTavish, or you can even use, like, the, uh, the uh, what the heck's it Coded called? Rider. Yeah, you could use that too. You could use Bad Juju uh, if you like bringing that. Just any of the beaters that you bring or any of the good pieces you bring, you could just be like, or not even that. Think about doing something like scoring breakthrough or scoring like a last minute scheme and doing a double activation like you said. And it doesn't even count as an activation. Again, it's not an activation. Yeah, it's just it's two one actions. model. It's one model gets to have two actions, but it, it might as well be an activation. And it, gets, and it gets one action from her. I mean, you can do that. I mean, I don't know if he, you're going to always have the cards for this, but I mean, you can do two activations on that model, two activations on that model, and two activations no, it's, on it's, no, it's once per activation. With the, uh, with the trigger? Yeah, the trigger is only once per activation, but you can uh, still okay. obey other models. And sometimes it feels as if, you know, you have two models activating at the same time because you can go and source one big model mm -hmm. and then just obey two small models that are pretty similar or the same model, basically the same model type. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just like super powerful. Yeah. It's insane. Like, oh, uh, this model is going to shoot you. Then that other model is going to shoot you with the same type of gun. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is fun. You're having fun, right? <laughs> It's crazy the amount of stuff that you can get done. Because the thing is, like, how many times have you thought in the game, it's like, oh, man, I wish X model could, like, get another walk so you can go and tap the uh, the objective. Yeah. And Sarita can do that from across the table. Because yep. it's 12 inches from her to a point. And then the, from that point, 12 inches again. Yeah. So yeah. that could be between 20... There's a 25... It's a 25-inch range to say hey you finish your task <laughs> uh let me ask you one thing about her bonus action so how do you use the threads of fate because i feel like sometimes people misuse that and when you discard your control hand and they disc or sorry both players discard their control hands and then you draw six cards i mean sometimes you can help out your opponent as much as you get out of that so i mean do you use that a certain way or seen it used a certain way to affect no, honestly, um, I mean, the best, quote-unquote, I, 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 it's it's a gamble anytime. Yeah. Like, if you don't get the last activation, it's a gamble because you could be giving somebody that has no hand, like a full hand now. I think it's just one of those things where it's like if you have a crap hand or if you're out of cards and you just want some gas, I think you just do it just to do it. and then You can do it on the, if it's your first activation of the turn, that would be the best way. You can literally just go, okay, my opponent just stoned for two cards. He seems happy. I'm going to activate Sarita, and now he has no hand. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. think I think that's probably one of the best ways to use that, because I think some people try to get too cute with it, and you just need to use it when you need it. I, I just think it's just, you, you just gamble with it. It's like, okay, they might get a better hand, they might get a worse hand. But if you think about it, that's still, you have to be, like, 
the malice thing that I was telling you about. You have to have that mean streak in you whenever you're playing the factor. It's it feels that way every single time. I'm just like, what's the nastiest thing I can do with this faction right now? What would be the worst case scenario for my opponent? <laughs> and the thing is that they they their abilities encourage you to do that. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you like like this is the bad things happen faction really if you think yep. about it. So let me ask you yeah. this. What are a couple of models that you like bringing with Zoraida? So besides her being a mean old lady, what are some other models that you're like, okay, these are pretty cool with her? So first mate, wall guys. Um, uh, I just say his name, guy with a gun. Uh, you're, talking, <laughs> you're talking about McTavish? McTavish. And uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Hooded Rider. And uh, I literally said her name, Bowman. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, like I get a wall guys whenever I want to get extra cards honestly because I like the enchanted uh, pack on one or two wall guys. Hello. Yeah. What What do you mean yeah. with that with cards? So ancient pack makes it so uh, that okay the upgrade yeah. Yeah, no, you get plus one to initiative per wall, guys. So if you, if I have two of them with it, they get, you know, ancient pack plus I I get initiative plus two all the time. So it's like having pack two uh, pass tokens, but it's better because you cannot remove them from me. Yep. Unless you kill the wall, guys, I guess. Uh, they can never flip the black joker, which is a plus or minus depending. Because if I'm bringing the hooded rider, I don't want them to have it, uh, you know, both of them to have it. But the farious pack, that's the part. Yeah, just the far draw. Exactly. And sometimes it's actually really good. Yeah. Yeah, so you you like the wild guys with Zoraida in that then. That's kinda that's kinda cool because I, yeah. I, I was looking at them when I was playing Bayou and I didn't like them in Bayou. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that you have better uh, options in your in your versatiles as well. Yeah. Yeah. And also your upgrades, much better. Okay. Yeah. So looking at them, definitely a good keyword. Uh, I mean, arguably, is this the hardest keyword to play in Neverborn? Or do you think there's another one that's harder than Zoraida? I may be biased. I think Lucius is harder. Okay. And I think Lucius is harder because of all the moving pieces. Yeah. Because you're building a Rube Goldberg machine, but it's a very efficient Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and you cannot just do it for the sake of doing it. You have to have a purpose for it. Yeah, so I think both those masters are a good example of you need to understand the faction in the game really well to benefit from all the different moving pieces. Yeah, uh, I mean that's a that's a mantra that we keep repeating now. Me and my friends, whenever we play, because we play a lot of Vassal, mm-hmm. and every now and then we'll get to a, a point. Uh, look at me. We get to a certain part of the game where we go, I could kill this model or I could score a point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to score a point. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, you, know, you see red, and I want I want people to understand sometimes killing is not what you need. Oh, if Sir Ryder sure. can give you two extra walk actions to get to the corrupted idol on the other side of the map, just do that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that say, you know, you get, you know, points for prizes right like you're gonna you're gonna win the game by getting points it, it may feel better to smash somebody in the face but it's not gonna win you the game sometimes yeah 
Okay. That's it. Well, cool. So last thing I want to go over before we hit a couple of general topics uh, is just the upgrades. So what do you think about the Neverborn upgrades in general? I mean, if we're honest here, they're not very good. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're okay. They're just okay. I mean, there's two I like. I like inhum- inhuman refle- reflexes because scamper is good. And if you have an aggressive model, blade rush and uh, mobile warrior can be good. And then the mm-hmm. one you were just talking about with Ancient Pact, I like a lot, where it's just, you know, you ignore the Black Joker, which is really good on some models, especially um, I like that on Dreamer because it feels bad to try and summon something and then it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Or you let can me, use let, it for the card draw. So let me put it this way. Their upgrades are actually incredibly good for combat. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Uh, with the exception of Ancient Pact. Ancient yeah. pack is really, really good for just a general, just a general strategy of the game. Yeah. It's actually solid. It's not breaking anything. It is just solid, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I have to to put them all into like a tier list of which upgrades are better, I'd say the Neverborn are probably just above the Outcast. I was going to say the outcasts are probably <laughs> the worst upgrades in the game. They yeah. are by far the worst. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is so bad. Yeah, I think I think what? Most people would probably agree that uh, Arcanists are probably the best upgrades. Yeah, I would say, I mean, let me put it this way. They have to be nerfed and they're still so good that I think that they're still the best in the game. Yeah. And they have to be like both. And this is the thing. Uh, the uh, Neverborn ones actually got nerfed too. Yeah, I think it was uh, reflexes that got nerfed, right? Because it used to be butterfly jump. It used to be butterfly jump, which is and apparently super, but super it was good. just too much. Yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it was it was really good. Yeah, I don't disagree, but I think that they could have just uh, flipped the mobile warrior in the butterfly jump. Oh, uh, where if it was just a minion. Yeah, and yeah. that would have been fine. Instead, they decided, oh, we're just gonna keep the scamper. I'm like, all right, so scamper's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. I guess it's a, that's again, strong opinions. <laughs> yeah. So looking at Neverborn and just kind of everything they do, uh, how do you think they, how do you think they kind of stand up against other factions when you look at like competitive play? Honestly, they're really, really good in terms of competitive play. The players that I have seen in the World Cup, they were incredible. I mean, Andre is awesome with with Nakima and Nakima. If you went to the to the forums or the threads, uh, like a month before he started crushing people with it, they would have said that she's bottom of the faction. Yeah, and it made no sense. Yeah, Nakima was scamper is scary as hell. Yeah, for sure. I think that, and, and that's actually kind of one thing I like about Malifaux. I feel like, yeah, there's there's masters that you could argue are better at certain things. But if you get really honed in with a certain type of build and you start bringing stuff, people don't, you can really, you know, stumble into some things that are really good that just people aren't thinking about or using right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, we just had a conversation about Sarida and Pandora where yeah. like we were talking about things that are just really good that they didn't have to do with combat. Yeah. Yeah, like candy just making people suffer without actually doing much damage. Like I just said, it's like put it in the middle of a crew and watch as 
their entire hand disappears. Yeah, I think Pandora is one that I look at and I'm just, there's a lot there. And I think it takes a lot of practice in figuring out how you like to punish your opponent with her. But I think yes. once you figure out the matchups, she is just brutal into, I mean, I, I think there's only a small percentage of masters that she wouldn't be good into, but I think she can punish almost anybody. Yeah. I mean, the biggest issue the, that I see probably with most of the network masters is that you want to have more versatile models with her, with them than their own keyword. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, that would be it. yeah, I, I think you're right there. Um, so let me ask With a few you, exceptions, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this though. So if I'm a new player and I pick up on the Neverborn and I'm just really liking them, which masters do you think are really good for a newer player just getting into the faction? Oof, that's actually hard. I think it is. I I think that you're right with that being a harder decision. If you're looking for something that's straightforward and easier, like e- the easiest master to learn would probably be Nakima in terms of the the first few steps mm-hmm. but the the depth of nakima is not gonna be it's gonna be like you know those shallow pools where like it's like a foot for yeah. like a little bit as a kiddie pool and then it just goes straight to four feet or ten feet or whatever yeah yeah that's nakima because nakima is like very shallow when you're starting it's like oh okay so she hits really hard and mm-hmm. she has like good st- good defensive stuff and then all of a sudden it's like oh my god this is so much harder than i thought it was gonna be yeah <laughs> um I don't know. I think another interesting one for a newer player could be Marcus. I mean, it's a lot of like upgrades on your anim- on your beasts and stuff. But I mean, as far as what your beasts are doing, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's just you got to get used to the upgrades. Hmm. Oh, uh, if if you can find somebody that is okay with upkeeping then you're absolutely right. But the biggest problem with Marcus is that you have to be upkeeping. Okay, this model has the upgrade. Okay, his model is losing the upgrade now. Okay, yeah. which upgrade am I putting on <laughs> him? What am I doing with this upgrade? Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff is going to be... Like, for example, one of the things that a lot of people do whenever they play Masters that uh, Marcus so far that I've seen that I don't think it's a correct idea mm-hmm. is that they put the armor uh, upgrade on him when the game starts. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you putting the armor upgrade? Give him the stealth in this guy's upgrade. Yeah, because like, you kind of want him to manage everybody and you want the beast doing like in there doing the fight, right? Yeah. Just move people forward. Yeah, I definitely see your argument with Nakima though, because I think she like the initial thing she does is really straightforward, but like you said, you have a lot of room to grow with a lot of the nuances of her keyword. Yep. So how to take damage, when to take damage, how mm-hmm. to buff, how to buff people, yeah, how to like in. move around the board. It's incredible. Yep. So, I mean, I think that you're right though, because the rest of them have, the rest of the masters have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially, like I said, Lucius, I think Lucius, when, if somebody likes him, I am so sorry for the learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are not going to know what's going on for a while when you start yeah. with Lucius. Yeah, like the first thing that's going to be problematic is learning the combos and then learning why the combos are actually good and when to use them. Because mm-hmm. like not every hand is going to be able to support it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, this is actually, now that we're talking about it, this is actually probably one of the tougher factions for a newer player to start in now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, I think Guild is the easiest faction to get into. I think, 
Uh, Neverborn is not going to be the hardest, but it's going to be among the hard. I think the hardest faction to actually master is probably going to be uh, Ten Thunders. Oh, you think so? Because I think that their their keywords do stuff that's really nasty only to people that know what the hell is happening. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. So, looking at Neverborn, really, I think it's a really solid faction. Um, like we said, if you get kind of honed in with a certain master and kind of learn them and really get skilled with them, I think that Neverborn are a faction that you should you should probably be a little scared when you see them across the table because a lot of their masters are good at like ripping your face off and making life miserable. Making your life miserable, I think, is like number one thing. If you're playing against Neverborn, you should be mentally ready for things that are just going to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> things that are just going to fuck you up. They're going to make you so angry. You're like, you're, wait, I had like three focus on that model. Yeah, it's all gone now. Okay, so let's let's go kind of <laughs> little opposite here. If you're okay. if you're looking at Neverborn, what do you think are the top? Let's just go with top three masters that are going to frustrate you the most in Neverborn. Hmm. Oof. Pandora number one. That's <laughs> for sure. Okay. Um. Probably Marcus second. No. Uh, it's either Marcus or Sorita. Okay. A good Marcus player. A good Marcus player will upset the ever living crap out of you when you have a uh, server to servers with uh, blade jump. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, doesn't he also have like a scorpion that if you have poison, it's like you don't get any kind of triggers or you can't use stones or something like that. I I, I don't remember what it is, but so no, it screws so you, you over. You don't get to use stones and you don't get to do any triggers if you have any poison while within three inches of the Scorpius. Yeah. That's obscene. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to kill your master. The the best thing is that he has a combat seven, the Scorpius does, and he has two different separate ways to give you poison. And it's already suited into the model. So like if he hits you, you're you're gonna have poison at least for one cold turn. Yeah, that's so good. It's so good. It's so yeah, again, I, that's why I said like you probably gonna get upset. Like Marcus is considered to be weak. But a good Marcus player will upset you. <laughs> <laughs> he will make you angry. Yeah, there's there's a lot of times while I've been exploring Neverborn that I've played some things into somebody and they're I just they keep asking me, let me see that card. That can't that can't be it. That's not right. Yeah. Dude, the first time the first time literally you see a cat that literally blade jumps out of the way, heals back to full, and has plus flips on attack and uh, on defensive flips. Like you just like, all right, I'm out. I just I don't know what to do with this now because <laughs> he's terrifying. He has a lot of wounds. He hits for minimum of three. Like it's, it's just too much. It's like just too much. You're coming at me with this silly ass shit, and I can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he flies. Oh, okay. Well, fuck me then. <laughs> I think the I think one of the more frustrating interactions I had with Marcus is the guy I was playing against brought Paul Crockett, and yeah. he was shooting at me, which was then triggering things to attack me. And oh, dude, did I'm he like, do the double attack on you? Yeah, I'm like, how am I supposed to? It's like, oh, oh, I was so, so mad. Good. I was so mad, dude. When you hit somebody with the mass trigger or his gun. And then the scar card, so he gets his scent of blood. It yeah. just if you don't have somebody quit the game after that, I don't know. I, yeah. mean. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. this, this is so stupid. 
the, it's isn't it like imagine that imagine a, a saber two servers you're in melee with him he hits you with that and you just got hit for eight damage off of one attack yeah like what the hell well technically three attacks but you know what i'm saying the only saving grace is i was playing somer so he was killing something and i was getting a shot off of it so that was only like nice. saving grace nice otherwise i would have probably flipped the table <laughs> did you did you win the game um did i win that game that was a while ago i think okay. i think i yeah i think i ended up winning that one nice it, well. it was frustrating though for sure <laughs> i bet <laughs> i mean i'm sure they thought the same thing about somer because somer is also frustrating as hell uh yeah i mean i don't like gremlins and i played i played zip for a while and i love zip so much that i'm gonna have to mod mine into looking like a grem uh like a goblin or a i mean not a goblin what am i thinking about uh a gnome there you go no i'm gonna make zip into Filth. a gnome and Filth. i'm gonna make a hey man i don't like gremlins they look stupid to me <laughs> all right well it was good knowing you dixon i guess we're, we're not friends anymore <laughs> Come uh, um, so are there is there anything else you want to you want to do uh or you want to say about Neverborn before we get ready to to sign off of this thing no just be the thing that bumps into the night <laughs> yeah th this is a scary faction i think if you play against a Neverborn player that has a lot of reps and and knows what's going on, it, it's going to be a scary game for you. Oh my god, yes. Also, stop ducking me. Let's play a game. Want to play my Titania? Dude, I, <laughs> I would, I, but I would rather like fly up there because I hate Vassal so much. Oh, I'm sad. Dude, I've had, right. I tried playing a game against uh, John Fox, and literally my computer was like, uh, I don't like Vassal, and I'm not going to load it, and I'm going to load it somewhat, and now it's not going to show the map and i'm just like this is stupid i hate vassal so much i did i'd rather to be like tabletop simulator of malifo i'd much rather play that okay i mean it takes a little longer but i have it now maybe we'll have to give that a shot sometime <laughs> nice uh anything you want to plug dixon anything uh, going on up there that you're like hey check this out i'll <laughs> no, just listen to a more rich girl warrior that's right. Yeah, I, I know that we're gonna we got another episode that Dixon's gonna come on and we're gonna talk uh, talk some more M three goodness and and what's bringing people back to the game. Hopefully, or maybe convincing some old players to come back to the game. That's an episode you and I talked about doing. So I'm kind of excited for that one. Well, yeah, just let me know when. All right, well, Dixon, I want to thank you for coming on, and those of you that want to support the show, make sure you check us out on all the social medias including facebook and twitter uh check out our youtube channel we got videos that we put up there we're putting the audio files on youtube for people that prefer to listen to it that way and if you want to support us directly make sure to check out our patreon page and anything you can do to help us keep the lights on are much appreciated and you want to know what if you guys complain enough maybe you'll get me to play some bushido because chris is trying to get me to play bushido <laughs> I don't know if you ever played Bushido Dixon, but Chris is really twisting my arm to play that game. Nah, I, I saw the models at Adeptagon once, and that was it. Yeah, the models I'm not a fan of, so the mechanics better be amazing to get me to play it more than once, because I wasn't too impressed with the models. All right, man, well, thanks for coming on again. We're going to go ahead and uh, flip cards and flip tables, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for having me.